another week of the A to Z podcast. Oh yeah, coming back into it yeah. again. You've missed it. Of course. Yeah. They, they've missed it. Why would they not? This is hilarious. Where else are you going to hear uh, angry Midwestern white dude yell about comic books and movies? Except for every other uh, channel on YouTube. Well, Other than that. Yeah. What no if way. your internet's down? Then you got us. Yeah, then you got to stream us mm-hmm. on your oh, cell phone. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> oh, man. But thankfully, they might have subscribed beforehand and had it downloaded. Yeah, pre-downloaded. Now you're mm-hmm. in a tunnel. You're stuck in traffic mm-hmm. in a tunnel somewhere in 1920s. Yeah. Uh, and or maybe it's a super flu and the stand's going. Yeah, yeah the yeah. fucking Rocketeer is here as well and okay, everything yeah. else that doesn't make sense for this uh, story that we're making up already. Mm-hmm. But yeah, why not? All right. <laughs> I think that's the quickest we've ever gone off the rails. It was like 38 seconds. <laughs> there are no. Where we're going, we don't need rails. We never have, but we usually just kind of followed them still. It's it's more of like a framework hmm. than it is a uh, exact destination or destination destination <laughs> oh. destination. Um, I'm so glad we don't get paid for this. Otherwise, I would have to be way better at talking into a microphone. Yeah, I would have to spend like eight more hours editing these things closer. Yeah. I mean, I know what you're all thinking. How hard is it to talk in a microphone? Apparently for me, pretty fucking hard. Yeah. And I went to college for it. Right. That's that's the weirdest part of it. Well, I went to a year of community college for it, but still. And we talk all the time. It's not like it's just, you know, like, oh, you know. Yeah, no, our podcast is not very different from our typical conversations. Not really. That's kind of the funny thing about the you podcast. You drink slightly less whenever we're talking on the podcast, I think. Yeah, I mean, I try to anyway, mm. but. Because in real life, it's just like. You're I slam and I, I really do slam pretty hard yeah. whenever we're like out drinking. It's funny when I hit my like stride because hmm. then it's like it's like after like four beers and I just like start getting loose and then I just start pounding beers and all of a sudden I'm five beers ahead of everybody else <laughs> at our table and I'm just like what's like what's wrong with you guys? Aren't yeah. you drinking tonight or what's up? And they're like it's eleven o'clock in the morning, Zach. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Speaking of which, I was going to give you some good news. Hmm. Found out that we're going to be. Having a work holiday on Good Friday, next Friday, but I'm on call. So I was like, okay, I just want to go through the entire calendar and see how many holidays I'm on call. Mm. I'm not on call for July 4th this year. Excellent. First time in like three years. Oh my God, that so, is. Yeah, it's been forever since, you haven't yeah. been able to, or since you've been able to drink. You going to dress up like me and Emma when we put all our fucking patriotic shit on? Sure. Hell yeah. I don't have any, but I'll find some. No, you just get them off Amazon, so we okay. do. Yeah, every year I buy, like, a new fun t-shirt or something like that that's all super uh, patriotic-y. And then, like, I'll have, like, my American flag sunglasses, my American flag headband, my American flag shorts. Mm-hmm. You, I usually wear sandals, but, you know. Yeah. It, it'll be fun. That way the bags hit you in the toes whenever we're playing. Yeah, because my teammate can't hit the fucking boards when I'm just, I'm nailing holes all day. It's like college. <laughs> Nailing holes and hitting bags on your feet. Yeah. Getting bags on my feet, bags and holes, bags everywhere, drinking beers, playing cornhole. <laughs> <laughs> we were, uh, when I, I told you about we went to my boss's retirement party a couple weeks ago, right? Yeah, I for like work. a little bit, yeah. And, um, I got a little bit more drunk than I usually get around people that I work with because I mm. try to, like, not get fucked up around them. But, you know, it was a celebration, and it was really nice outside, and we were playing cornhole, so I was... Mm, that's a that's gonna nasty make me combination, yeah. yeah. And I was uh, I was tearing apart my partner so much. He He's not anybody above me, but had he had he been, I still would have fucked, like, fucked him up completely. 
Because, I mean, I hit every bag I threw at least hit board. I didn't hit hole every time, but I hit board every time. I was mm. scoring points. And he missed, like, every fucking throw. And I was like, are you fucking kidding me right now, bro? I'm like, what are you, fucking drunk? What is this shit? I'm like, close your eyes and throw. Maybe that'll help better. I was just roasting him. <laughs> and then I looked to my left. Try the other hand. I roasted him for a good five minutes, and everybody's laughing, and I just figured it was, like, all of us sitting out there. And I looked to my left, it was, like, six supervisors and, like, three of, like, the higher-ups even from there and shit like that. I was like, ooh, fuck, that's a problem. <laughs> like, I'm going to get fucking drug-tested Monday, probably. It's just something fun about cornhole. Maybe it's just a Midwest thing. I don't know. It could be. It's just a really fun game, man. And uh, I'm, pr- I'm pretty good at it. I would say so. But I also played a lot of washers growing up, so. That's fair. And that does help. It's a lot of the same motions. Yeah. Because, I mean, we, uh, my family would, there are 35, 40 of us at a barbecue, and everyone's on teams, and we're all throwing washers. And, I mean, we'll have. Just a big tournament? Yeah, yeah pretty much. And we'll also have, like, four sets of washer boards oh, where we're geez. just throwing, too, and because yeah. we're having fun. Like, my uncles would get together and make washer boards and shit like that. Like, it was just fun to them. Nice. Basically, that's what for you guys with not hard find my family with card games. Everybody's yeah, okay. there. You go. Yeah, a lot of euchre, a lot of cribbage. Oh yeah, yeah. I know on my dad's side they were real big on um, uh, pinochle. Oh okay. That was their game of choice. They played a shit ton of pinochle. I, I never got to. I was a little too young to get involved in that. Yeah. But, so I, I never learned the word or the rules, <laughs> the words of pinochle. <laughs> there are words. You, know? <laughs> you got the marriage and you got melds and. Yeah. Fair. There's, there's, there's some terminology. Yeah, so I need to learn how to play it at some point. I think that would be fun. Mm-hmm. Next family reunion, I'll bring you guys up. Hell yeah, that'll be fun. Hell, we'll record a podcast. There we go. Yeah, we'll just bring all the shit up there. Yeah. Of shit. Just a couple mics. Hell, we'll do it off a cell phone. Yeah. Same thing. My dad's named Mike. He'll be there. Oh, so. well, then we're good. We'll talk right, right into him. We'll all make right. your mom uh, notarize it. We'll be all set. <laughs> Call back. Yeah, now, now that I know your mom's a notary, that joke's going to come up constantly. <laughs> and one of these days I'll find out exactly what a notary does because I'm still mm-hmm. pretty iffy on it to be honest mm-hmm. with you, pal. How's, how's the day been so far? Pretty good? It's been a nice one, yeah. Excellent. The weather's been perfect the last couple of days. It really has. I've been yeah. trying to find excuses to walk across the street to the other buildings every once in a while oh, to yeah. kind of be outside for a while. Oh, you got to. Yeah. I was, I was fucking with my, my boss at work the other day. Like, I... Went outside for a smoke break, and it was just super nice outside. Like I was, like, in the sun and everything. <laughs> so I walked in. I was like, hey, man, uh, I think I, I got to get out of here. Like He's like, okay, yeah, no, that, that's fine. Is everything okay? I was like, oh, yeah, no, I'm good. It's just way too fucking nice to be at work right now. <laughs> he started laughing. He's like, oh, get back to work. <laughs> <laughs> and speaking of the, the nice sun, it wasn't so nice to me on Sunday. But I came up with a theory. I was kind of like the blood sacrifice. Because I went to the Cardinals game and sat out in the bleachers, and it was like 82 degrees, and I got, like, fucking roasted, as you can see. Like, my arms and face are, like, really, really red. But we haven't lost a game since then. We just won four in a row against the Dodgers. Like, I think that was a sacrifice worth making. Fucking the game today, this is being recorded on April 11th. (laughs) So just so you guys know what game we're talking about. I did not see us coming back from that. Yeah. I mean, I got excited when we got that four-run inning, Mm -hmm. and then – the Dodgers immediately got a my back. Yeah. immediately got a four run inning. I was like, oh, fuck, I'm on typical Cardinals bullshit. Here's what we're gonna do." And then mm-hmm. like kept fighting back. Scored on a lot of errors, by the way, which surprised me. Maybe that's still like the early season jitters. I'm not sure. Could be. But uh, scored on a lot of that. And then ended up like, was it 11 to seven? I think was the final that was score. Final, yeah. yeah. So 
I guess I really hope we don't have the season we had last year where we play really well against over 500 really good teams and then like the under 500 shit teams just <laughs> slack us and yeah. then we miss the fucking playoffs because our, our record is shits. <laughs> does seem to be the St. Louis way. Even the Blues were doing that in the last few months here. Yeah. Hell, the Blues were doing that in the second period <laughs> yesterday. Yeah. Watched, uh, I missed the first, like, five or ten minutes of the first period because I was taking a shower. Mm-hmm. And then watched the rest of the game. And was like, I thought they were playing well in the first period, even though we, we, we were down. We were playing pretty well. And then we got to the second period, and we played really well at the beginning of the second period, which shocked me because usually the second period is our weakest point. Mm-hmm. And then uh, right around, like, seven minutes to go in the second period we started playing like how we usually play in the second period and i was just like oh fuck me this is gonna be a rough fucking game and then uh i was so tired from i've been drinking pretty heavily since like sunday at that point mm. and uh, i really needed to get some sleep so i ended up falling asleep on the couch and i woke up and was like i just gotta go to bed like i got i got a seizure disorder i i really can't be like skipping sleep too much like i need to go get some fucking sleep mm. And then, like, got up, went to bed, and then about five, ten minutes into me laying down in bed, I was just, like, you know, watching something on my phone, trying to fall asleep, and I get an, an update saying David Perron just tied it, and then I was like, well, fuck it, I'm not going back in there to watch it now, we're scoring when I'm in bed, so here it is, this is where I stay. Good for you. Oh, I'm very uh, su- superstitious when it comes to playoff hockey. Yeah. I you will stay be. in the exact same spot, I will, like, not move until the period is over. Mm-hmm. I, uh, at one point... This is probably five, six years ago. I watched um, from the middle of the second period till the end of the game in my bathroom because I got up to take a shit, and we ended up scoring when I was on the bathroom. So I just pulled the game up on my, on my phone and sat there on the toilet until the game was over because I didn't want to jinx us. <laughs> yeah, I get very uh, superstitious about hockey, and I will yell at people for, like, moving into shit. I forget. Babe. Which, uh, we were at a party or something, and I yelled at you for leaving the kitchen. Because we were, like, winning whenever you were in the kitchen. Was that at Daniel and Rachel's house? If it was hockey, then yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we were, like, watching one of the playoff games or something like that, and she and some of the other girls had gotten up and gone into the kitchen. And when, like, five minutes into that, we scored. And I would not let any of them leave the kitchen until the period was over. <laughs> like, I was screaming at them anytime they started walking. I was like, get your ass back in there! Don't you dare! I mean, you do that anyway to women. Mm. I mean, that's where they belong. It's what Jesus said, not me. So don't get mad at me. <laughs> <laughs> I I have to be careful when I make jokes like that. Yeah. I do that all the time. I make jokes like that. But it's with our friends who realize that I'm being completely like facetious and mm-hmm. making fun of that. There's going to be people on here that don't know me. And are going to be like, this guy's a real misogynistic asshole. <laughs> He hates the the Jews. He hates women. He's just like a real dick. I'm like, no, I'm I'm doing it like jokingly. I Mm -hmm. swear to God. There's a reason why I'm America's sweetheart. Yeah, and there's a reason why I'm America's failed comedian. (laughs) (laughs) It's all coming together. Uh, It works so well. I really do kind of like just sort of owning the moniker of the failed comedian. Just sort of fun to me. Mm -hmm. Because, I mean, there's a million of us out there. There's a shit ton of failed comedians. Really? Of course. A lot of people try comedy. Go to an open mic night. Mm, I'd rather not. There's nine or ten dudes out there who should not be up. You'll have about 15 people, and two of them know how to write a joke. Okay. Uh, maybe two more are just good at like crowd work and making, making, making people laugh. 
the rest of them are there either because they thought they'd be good at it or they had some fucking project they had to do for their Im- improv class that they're in in their theater school or something like that. Mm. They are rough. Or they lost a dare or a bet. Or they lost a dare or a bet. That is true. That'll have, But that's more like maybe one out of every two or three times. So, oh, really? Okay. Yeah, it's not that many. And I used to host them. I used to host open mic nights because mm. I was good at crowd work. So the uh, owners would ask me to host them. And I was like, do I get paid for it or anything? He's like, no. He's like, but you get at least five minutes to work on your... Uh, he's like, I'll give you five minutes before the show starts to work on your stuff. He's like, and uh, I'll give you four free drinks. And I was like, eh, okay, oh, that'll work. So, yeah, I would just do that. It was fun. Was it? Yeah, and then I got to... I got to actually open up for a somewhat known comedian. Well, not that known because I can't fucking remember his name. <laughs> Hmm. Was it Arthur Fleck? No. No, he was actually funny. Oh. Um, <laughs> fuck it, I'm so mad they gave the Joker a name. Uh, anyway, no, it's fucking, it was one of the guys who was big on Bob and Tom. It wasn't Greg Hahn. He's kind of an older dude, he had glasses, he was real skinny, had gray hair that was like semi-long. Um, I can't remember his name off the top of my head. But I got to open for him, actually, at one point, because his opener was sick and couldn't make it. And the owner called me and was like, hey, he's like, you got 10, 10 minutes, right? And I was like, yeah. He goes, well, uh, so-and-so needs an opener. Can you come up here and do it? And I was like, yeah, sure, fuck it. Why not? So wow. ran up. It was towards the end of this guy's career, too. So, <laughs> Well, yours, too. So, Yeah, I mean, if you want to call it a career. I never made any money off of it, so I don't know if you can call it a career. <laughs> More like a hobby. <laughs> Can you fail at a hobby though? I don't know if that's possible. No, you can definitely, I mean, you can definitely fail at whatever I was doing. Oh, okay. so you can you can find a name for it. <laughs> As we all know, I'm not very funny. Oh, we all know. Don't yeah. worry. No, we talked for an hour and a half, and I have maybe five minutes of solid uh, jokes. <laughs> Speaking of jokes, mm-hmm. this guy goes into a antique store, buys a big old grandfather clock, and. uh He's walking out with it. You know, he's got it in his arms. He's walking out with his giant grandfather clock. It's pretty awkward to carry, yeah. Then this uh, drunk stumbles into him, and the guy drops the clock, smashes oh. it all to pieces. Looks at the drunk and goes, hey, why don't you watch where the fuck you're going? The drunk looks at him and goes, why don't you wear a wristwatch like everybody else, prick? I'm going to keep doing shitty jokes mm-hmm. on this podcast. I just okay. enjoy it. It's kind of fun to me. I'm sensing the trend. That one was worse than last week. I loved the one last week. That, that was, was a pretty good one. Huh? I don't know. You you got a joke off the top of your head? Why don't you be funny off the top of your head? What do you got? I don't really ever memorize anything. That's what I thought. Yeah. Prick. <laughs> You're laughing, so there you go. That's my joke. Yeah, I'm laughing at myself, sadly. <laughs> <laughs> I need to stop doing that. Oh, I had a funny moment when I was listening to a little bit of a podcast where I went to work today. Okay. Uh, this listen, was last week's show? Yeah. Or, okay. Yeah, the one we just posted. Okay. Um, I was listening to it and uh, was smoking a cigarette before I went to work. Got done with my cigarette, tossed that in the trash, and then went to clear my throat. And then on the podcast, cleared my throat at the exact same time. And I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> I felt like I was in the ship at the end of 2001 A Space Odyssey. I was like, whoa! <laughs> <laughs> It felt weird. It was like Looper. Only, you know, not shitty. 
I kind of enjoyed that one. Did you like that movie? Yeah, I did. I wasn't a fan. Hmm. Although I was slightly biased, just because I'm not a big fan of uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Really? He just doesn't do it for me, buddy. Hmm. I just I find him. He just seems so, sort of full of himself. Mm. Like he just has like this kind of like attitude and sort of like punch to him that he brings to every role. I was gonna say yeah, outside of the the movies, he, I can see that, but. I've never really seen it transition no, into well, the like characters. In the movies, I've never seen him really play a different character except for when he was on Third Rock from the Sun. That's about the only time he's played a different character. And every other movie he's been in, he pretty much plays the same guy. I don't know. Looper's pretty different from Angels in the Outfield, man. Is that him in Angels in the Outfield? Yeah. Oh, no shit. Yeah. Okay, so Third Rock from the Sun and, and Angels from the Outfield. Okay. Back when he had his long hair, mm-hmm. he was a decent actor. Okay. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, just like... His now big, I can get behind that, yeah. His like big movies, you know, like uh, five, 500 Days of Summer, which is one of the worst films ever, right, by the way. Fan, yeah. uh, also a terrible, like, everyone calls it a romantic love story. It's awful. He like fucking stalks a girl for like two years, basically, mm-hmm. and like won't yeah. leave her alone. She feels completely shitty about it, yeah. Yeah, there's nothing fucking ro- romantic about stalking a woman. So he's in 500 Days of Summer... He's in uh, fucking Looper, uh, that one, the other movie that I hate that everybody loves, Inception. Oh, yeah, he was in that. Yeah. He's he not was. really that exactly. much. Exactly. You didn't even remember because he's such a generic, boring fucking actor. Right. I wouldn't say that to Joseph Gordon, the movie, though. But he's in it. He's in it. And yeah. he acts in it, and he sucks. He's playing the same character, though. He's in The Dark Knight Rises. He has some oh, yeah, of the he's Robin. worst, literally his name, Robin. Can you fucking believe that, by the way? That was the greatest twist ever. That was the worst twist ever. Like, literally, all you have to do just to throw a bone to some of the Batman fans is make his first name, you know, Dick. Make him, you know, Tim. Just one of the Robins. That is, he should have been Tim. He should have been Tim Drake. Because Tim Drake was the Robin who figured out Bruce Wayne was uh, Batman. Oh, really? So he should have been Tim Drake. That would have fit best. Okay. But, I mean, just to give people the most well-known... Like Robin names, be like, oh, you should stick with your re- real name. I think Grayson's cute or something like that. You just throw a bone. It doesn't change the story in any kind of way. And it's just like, oh, well, thank you, Christopher Nolan. Thank you. You've been shitting on the entire lore of this comic book for three movies now. I'm glad you threw me a bone. I really appreciate that. What does he do? No, his name's Robin. It's like he's doing it on purpose. Which, I mean, he kind of was. He was like, I'm not making a Batman movie. Which is what I've always said about the Dark Knight trilogies, is that they're very good movies, they're just not Batman films. So, they're, you know, they're well shot, obviously. Chris Nolan's not a fucking idiot. The guy knows how to shoot a movie. Like, 100%. Okay. It did kind of sound like you were shitting on him earlier. I'm just shitting on him for hating Batman, because yeah. he clearly hates well, Batman. And Inception. He didn't <clears throat> like Inception either. Well, in I probably would like Inception more if everybody else didn't fucking drool over that movie. Okay. But when they were like, oh my god, the twist in that is amazing and no one saw that coming. I'm like, oh, do you have a spike in the frontal lobe of your brain? Because you can see that shit coming, I don't know, 25 minutes into the film when somebody delivers a line of like, so you can never really tell if you're in a dream or not. I'm like, oh, okay, this is all going to be a fucking dream then. That's <laughs> then, Thanks. Got it. Yeah, figured that one out. Prestige was fun though. I didn't figure that one out. The Prestige was a great movie. That was a really fun flick. There was a lot. See, that was a really well-written movie. I really think that's my favorite still. A lot of people go Memento, but I think, I think no, Prestige I is better. I would put Prestige up there for sure. Yeah. No, that's probably the best Christopher Nolan flick. 
is the prestige because that one really does like come out of fucking nowhere where oh. you're just like what the? and there's and there's two fucking amazing twists in that movie <laughs> where you're like what the fuck and then like 15 minutes later you're like what the fuck <laughs> <laughs> and that one's done well because you know who's not in that movie joseph gordon it's <laughs> my fucking theory stands my friend <laughs> Okay. And also, one of my favorite parts of that movie is uh, David Bowie plays Nikolai Tesla, which is, like, fucking awesome. No, that movie kind of left me sort of speechless the first time that I watched it. Yeah? Yeah, I remember watching it for the first time. with like, I think it was, like, me and my little brother watched it together. And, you know, we were kind of watching it, and we're like, oh, yeah, this is kind of a fun movie, you know? And it was shot well. It was really well... Uh, I mean, Christopher Nolan always does, like, really good... Um, Camera work, like, cinematography. Yeah, camera work, cinematography, visuals, the costumes, everything was really fucking cool. It, it also didn't have the problem that some Christopher Nolan movies have where the dialogue is really shitty. You ever notice that? Like, oh, every yeah. now and then, there's really shittily written dialogue in Christopher Nolan movies. I don't know if that's his fault or not. Yeah, that's part of what really took me out of Dunkirk. Yes. The, the dialogue in that is atrocious. It's just, like, the least real dialogue ever. But, like, we're, we're watching The Prestige... And me and Hammer trying to figure out what it is and shit the whole time. And then, uh, clearly didn't know. And then the first fucking twist happens and we're like, oh shit, like this is fucking crazy. And then the other twist happens and we're both just like, what? Uh, My my mind would never go there. This fucking movie is amazing. (laughs) Also has a great ending, like with the over-screen narration hmm. where it's like the real magic trick is bringing something back and it's like oh okay and then it's a cute moment where christian bale walks back in because hmm. it's christian bale has has a twin and uh, the prestige i assume anyone listening to this podcast has seen that movie yeah or they would have turned off the conversation <clears throat> before that point we, yeah we went for like three minutes without discussing spoilers <laughs> but uh yeah no that was really cool and then like What's really fun is you go back and rewatch it, and he alludes to both endings during the flick, mm-hmm. where when when he figures out the Chinese guy's secret, where he's like, "Oh, can you imagine just living a different life your whole time just for the trick?" And that's how he does his trick because yeah. it's him and his identical twin, and then like they just take turns being the magician. And then he also alludes to Hugh Jackman's part where when he does the thing where like the the cage collapse or whatever and like the bird comes back and like the little kid is crying oh yeah and he's like you killed him he's like no no the the bird's right here and the kid's like but where's his friend at because like they actually did kill the that bird and they just brought another bird out he alludes to both fucking endings now if, if he'd have done shit like that with the dark knight movies i wouldn't be so fucking angry but no what does he do he gives me a really good bane i will admit that i do like tom hardy's bane and then he gives me fucking your name's robin <laughs> And I still think the best way he should have ended Dark Knight Rises, you know, in the very end when Michael Caine's Alfred Pennyworth is sitting at like the oh, the, the cafe, yeah, in the, the, the the cafe and everything like that, and then he smiles, and then it cuts to fucking Bruce Wayne and Anne Hathaway sitting there like drinking together. If you take that scene out, the ending's amazing. Just literally in the flick 
on Michael Caine just kind of smiling, mm-hmm. and then end it there. Yeah, because he then, alluded to it earlier. Exactly. Yeah. And then then you have the thing where it's like, oh, did, did, did he see Bruce? Did he just see a couple that kind of reminded him of what could have been? Was he just kind of yeah. happy thinking about what had happened? Then you have some questions. There's like some actual good storytelling. When you have to cut the camera over and blast the fucking ending into my face like I'm a 19-year-old college girl and I've never had a blowjob before, it, it just irritates me. I just don't like it. Don't treat me like I'm stupid, is what I'm saying. Let let me ask questions about a film afterwards. I prefer to ask questions after a movie. That's fun for me to like think about films and stuff like that. Be like, oh, well, were they going for that? Or were they alluding to this and stuff like that? Don't f- fucking spoon feed it to me like I'm a goddamn idiot. I'm just saying. Yeah, that's fair. So yeah, anyway, guys, uh, my name's Zach. I'm America's Phil Comedian. I'm sitting across from my best friend, America's sweetheart, Andrew. That's uh, me. Thank you so much for joining in. Am I really your best friend? One of them, yeah, wow. for sure. That's crazy. Really? It is. I have like seven friends. Well, yeah, but they should all rank ahead of me. Why? You get along with them a lot better. Yeah, but that's why I like you so much. Mm. You you push back, and I like a little bit of conflict. You know, like a Christopher Nolan film. <laughs> sorry we got off on that tangent guys I really got like, I'm not got sorry that's gonna be fun I, I just I think I'm right and I also think you that always jo- think that I also think that Joseph Gordon-Levitt is a terrible actor he's a well he's not better a t- than Joaquin Phoenix yes he is better than Joaquin Phoenix okay so there you he, go let me take my words back he's not a terrible actor what he is is a lazy actor he never brings anything to a character he doesn't change anything about himself. He's essentially just talking, and then, like, if he has a good writer, people think he's a good actor. And then if he has a shitty writer, people think he's a bad actor. So it's like, so you're not bringing anything to this character. You're just basically the delivery boy for these lines. So if I get a shitty pizza from mm-hmm. Pizza Hut, we're from like... Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Well, I mean, the way I would describe it is, like, let's say... I order a pizza from Pizza Hut, you know, and I want thin crust, pepperoni, jalapenos, extra cheese, light sauce. I would eat that. That's a typical order. Oh, is it? For, for me. It oh. used to be, except for the, the jalapenos from Pizza Hut started, like, really tearing up my intestines, and I would just have, like, heinous shits. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, it's what I used to order. Now... If the delivery guy brings me my pizza and it's mm-hmm. hot, and I'm like, "Oh, thanks, man," and then I get, I heat, you know, I tip him, pay him, and he leaves, and I or go, her. and I go, him or her, and I I go and I sit down and I open the pizza box, and the pizza's still hot; it's not damaged anyway. But they put like pineapples and green peppers and mushrooms and then barbecue sauce instead of pizza sauce on it. I'm not angry at the delivery boy. You are a little bit. I'm mad at the guy who made the pizza. That's what I'm saying Joseph Gordon-Levitt's acting is, is that he is just literally an open sieve that whatever the writer did put into it, and then if the writer's good, he's good. If the writer's bad, he's bad. He's not doing anything except for delivering lines. He's not acting. He's not really. He's just kind of a pretty little dark-haired twink for Hollywood, and he just talks. He, there's hardly ever even emotion in the words that he says, and it's just fucking terrible. Also, uh, 500 Days of Summer almost made me hate the Smiths, which is, which is a bummer because it's like a really good band. Oh, okay. The yeah. You don't know who the Smiths are? No. Oh, they're a really fun, like, 80s, sort of like Cure style, like, kind of goth rock band. 
Okay. I'm a big fan of the Smiths. They're a great band. But that's the song that he's listening to on his headphones when Zoe Deschanel, uh, everybody's pixie manic dream girl, manic pixie dream girl, sorry, uh, comes in and she's like, I, I love the Smiths. And then like all of a sudden everybody's fucking Facebook and Tumblr was like, oh, the Smiths are fucking great. And I'm like, ugh. I just think he sucks, man. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm just being crazy. I'm sure some of the anger comes from how much I hated his fucking bit in Dark Knight Rises because that was that is a lot of it. probably the worst part of that movie because Dark Knight Rises is probably the best made Batman or not the best made Batman movie. It's probably the best made of the Dark Knight trilogies. I think Dark Knight Rises is the best made film. Really? Best made. Not best written, but best made film. Okay. I think they really kind of... I've still only seen it once, so I had, it's hard for me to picture it. So. I think the best written one is just the dark knight that's a really well written film yeah with the dark knight rises they kind of i mean there's definitely some plot holes in that movie 100 percent. but all together as a film being made they definitely knew what tone they were going for they knew the looks they wanted they knew the actors they wanted they got exactly what they wanted from it shot exactly what they wanted i would be surprised like i mean i doubt the editor had to do that much work with that movie it seemed like they knew exactly what their goal was with that movie and they hit it so that i would consider that a best made film just because they hit exactly what they were going for not saying it's a better film i just think it was a a well-made film all right you know what i mean yeah i see you now and uh I also have a huge crush on Tom Hardy, and I love Tom Hardy's Bane. Even though it's nothing like the comic books, at all, I still really kind of enjoy it. And maybe that's why I enjoy it, is that they didn't try to, like, fake do the comic book stories. They sort of just went with, like, yeah, fuck it, let's, let's just write something ourselves. And then Tom Hardy's fucking performance in that is amazing, man. He's really good in that. <laughs> I don't even like his, like, crazy British butler voice. It's just so much fun to me. Like, there are so many times where I'll get drunk and just pull up, like, all the Bane scenes from Dark Knight Rises on YouTube and watch it. Really? Yeah, because it's just fun. And then I, like, uh, quote it to Emma all the time. Lucky her. But, yeah, Joseph Gordon-Levitt is the worst part of that film. Like, 100%. What does he do in that movie? I don't remember. Exactly. And how does I he? I only saw it once. And how does he? How does seven he, years ago almost? How does he figure out Bruce Wayne is Batman? Because <clears throat> they're never in the same place at the same time. No, even dumber than that. Oh. There's no detective skills. He doesn't detect it out that it's Batman. It's Bruce Wayne came and visited an orphanage that jo- uh, that Joseph Gordon-Levitt's character was in. Robin. Yeah, that's his real. I, yeah, that's his real name. I forget what name he used for it. It was something stupid, and it doesn't matter. And he saw his eyes, and he knew that he had the same pain as an orphan, and that's when he knew he was Batman. That's how fucking stupid his character is. That sounds like detective work to me. Does it? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. I just. I, that's so fucking lazy. Like he's literally a cop. Have him fucking detect the shit out. I don't know. Fuck me. But then they also kind of made Batman more stupid in the Dark Knight trilogies than they did in, you know, like the comic books. Yeah. Where Lucius Fox invents everything and he can't figure shit out for himself ever. I think uh, Alfred's smarter than he is in all those movies. I mean, that's Michael Caine, so that makes sense. Maybe I'm taking it back. Maybe I don't like the Dark Knight. Maybe I just like the Bane scenes of the Dark Knight Rises. (sighs) All right, now I'm confused on how I feel, guys. I'm sorry. 
I'll think on this. We'll talk about it again next week. I promise. Okay. All right. That, that's the episode. Thanks for tuning in. Mm-hmm. We- <laughs> As always. All right. Uh, you want to take a break? We'll get into some topics. It's fine by me. All right. It's time for some topics. Sorry about that giant diatribe, guys. Just remember, Christopher Nolan is a v- fairly decent film director when he's kind of hit or miss. And Joseph Gordon-Levitt is a shitty actor. That's fine. I'm going to cut it all out. So. <laughs> I'm going to keep talking about it, so it doesn't matter. All right. Ready for some uh, topics? I think I am. Are I you? I, th- I think it's topic time. Okay. Let's do it. So As I always like to start off with something yes. kind of fun and funny. Sorry. Uh, don't know. Did you ever play many card games as you were growing up? No, not really. No? Okay. I, I, I dabbled in some magic for I a while. I have heard about this, though, which is pretty hilarious. Yeah, so they announced that the Yu-Gi-Oh! The tournaments going forward are going to be penalizing players for being smelly. <laughs> They've got an implementation of a new rule that will penalize players if they or their clothes are, quote, dirty or bad smelling. And really, thank God. Like, is it is it that bad? It's long overdue. I've heard it's pretty fucking rough at, like, magic tournaments and, like, Warhammer stuff. Right. Like, Like, there's some dudes who just... Oh, yeah. Like, no joke. Like, not playing to the audience, not going for a laugh, like, not going for sympathy or anything. But Mm. I can almost say with 100% certainty, it's the worst smells that I've smelled. Really? Yeah. At some of these tournaments. It's just... It's so bad, man. I've heard as much. And it doesn't really surprise me. That much. I mean, because we've yeah. all seen the typical neckbeard. I mean, we'll see it in comic books every now and then. Not so much anymore because they've gotten more pop. Like comics have gotten more popular. Mm-hmm. But like, there were times there where there were some dudes who they're wearing like basketball shorts that clearly have never been like washed in about three months, uh-huh. and like an unkempt, like unkempt, unwashed hair, and you can just smell them like the other aisle over, and mm-hmm. you're just like, bro, what the. Yeah. fuck are you doing, man? Well, get away from that long box. Don't touch anything that I want to buy. Yeah, yeah. pretty much. Good on you, Yu-Gi-Oh! Uh, rule makers. That's Way right. to make people shower. I, I also got excited for the big story here on the side. Oh. Uh, One Punch Man Season 2 premiere review. Really excited oh. for that. Have you watched One Punch Man? I've never heard of it. Oh, my God. It's on uh, Netflix. It's oh, an yeah? anime. Okay. It is... Uh, the, I've only been able to find it uh, subbed, so that is kind of a bummer. Okay. But it's kind of a spoof on every action anime ever made. It's really funny and really well done. Mm. Satama, the main guy here, he's known as One Punch Man. He has defeated every enemy in one punch. He's literally the strongest like entity in the world. This does sound familiar. I think maybe I've read a comic about this. And then like he can't get it like nobody believes that he's doing that like that he they all think he's a liar he doesn't try to do the whole like let's get let's make money off being a hero thing and stuff like that he's a hero for fun that's his whole like backstory like thing they're like whenever he gets in a fight and someone's like who are you he's like my name's satama i'm a hero for fun and it's just like that <laughs> and then he just every villain he takes out in one punch so oh, it's yeah. been four years since season one mm-hmm Damn. I think I watched it about two years ago, so I was a little bit behind. But okay. yeah, I'm very excited for that. I oh, think wrong would... service at Hulu, not Netflix. Oh, okay, it the the first season was on Netflix. Oh, okay. it, it might not be on anymore. I don't, okay, here, let me pull it up on my phone. I'll tell you real quick. Okay, yeah, I just didn't want if somebody wants to check it out. I think you should check it out. I think you'd actually like it because it kind of like it basically spoofs like Dragon Ball Z and stuff like that, like all the action animes. It's kind of doing a spoof on it. It's really fucking funny. Season one is still on Netflix. Oh, okay. So, 
it is just subbed. Like I said, there's not a dub for it, so you're yeah. going to have to read it. But I think you might actually kind of enjoy it. There's some really fun, like, subtle comedy in it that's a lot of fun to me. Okay. Like, there's one where he, uh, <laughs> he, um, like, the very opening scene is this guy who's, like, destroying everything. And, like, you think it's going to be this, like, giant, drawn-out fight. And then he punches him one time and just explodes the dude. And then uh, it just goes to Satama. There's, like, steam coming off his fist. And he's like, why can't anyone stand up to this? Like, he's super pissed that he can't get a fight anymore. (laughs) And then, like, I don't want to ruin the joke. But, like, at one point he uh, divulges his training regiment and how he got so strong. It's fucking hilarious. You know what? I'm going to ruin the joke because you're not okay. going to remember this. You're probably not going to watch it, so it doesn't matter. Okay. Uh, Genos, the little a- uh, android here with the metal arms that's standing next to him, if you scroll up. Oh. Yeah. Right there. Genos. Yeah. That's Genos. Okay. He uh, sees him fight and, like, begs to be his uh, student to learn to be as strong as him. So at one point, uh, through all the stuff, he, like, tells him... He's like, I have to know, like, what, what's your training regiment? He's like, if you want to be this strong, this is what you have to do. And it's like 100 push-ups, 100 sit-ups, uh, run a mile, and then like 100 squats, and that's it. He just did that. And then also you have to not turn the air conditioner on no matter how hot it gets. <laughs> it's just like, it's totally dumb. <laughs> and then you have to train so hard that your hair falls out. That's why he's bald, because he had hair before it started. And he trained so hard that his hair fell out. He's like, and that's how you become a hero. And so, like, he tells him that, and Genos gets mad because he thinks he's fucking with him. He's like, that's not even that hard of a regiment. <laughs> like, that's a normal thing. <laughs> it's really fucking funny. So that's going to be on Hulu? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, apparently the, the first episode is, at least. No, I really do think you should watch it, though. I think you will. I mean, did you watch any, like, of the Dragon Ball Z or anything like that? Yeah, a little bit. Randy? I think you'll like it. It's really funny. It's really subtly done humor, and I it very smartly written. Okay. You wouldn't expect it. Like you look at it, and think it's gonna be like stupid. It's actually really smartly done. I think you'll like it. Okay. Give it, give it, give it three episodes. Do me that favor. Watch right. three episodes of it. And half if hours. You, I th- yeah, I'm pretty sure they're half hours. Okay. Yeah, watch three episodes of it for me. If you don't like it after three episodes, you can stop watching it. But I do want to know what you think of it after three episodes. All right. So just and not in like any like super crunch time frame. Well, do yeah, it yeah. whenever you want, but if you don't mind, I'll get back to you. Can you do that for me? I'll try my best. Thanks, buddy. That goes for everybody on here too. By the way, guys, oh. you should all check it out. It's fucking hilarious. So, season one's on Netflix. It's uh, subbed. Okay, and then, yeah, and the Hulu one is sub too. I, I guess they haven't done a dub of this. So. You can do it yourself. Oh my god, I should. Make that a YouTube video. Do like the Dragon Ball Z uh, bridge. Have you seen those uh-huh. that are on YouTube? Uh, a bunch of guys who were fans of Dragon Ball cut all of the seasons together and then took out like all of the like dumb middle fights because I mean Dragon Ball drags some fucking shit out oh god yeah and I mean you're talking to a guy who's a huge Dragon Ball Z fan I fucking love Dragon Ball Z it drags some shit out they cut all of that out and then put their own uh, like dub overs for it where it's like almost like Mystery Science Theater style oh, so nice. it's really fun you should check those out too that's on YouTube I think it's um 
Ah, fuck. I forget exactly what the name of the channel is. If you search Dragon Ball Z uh, Bridge, it'll come up, though. And those are funny. They also do one for Helsing. They do a couple different ones. They they do one for uh, Attack on Titan that the first time I watched it, granted I was high, the first time I watched it, I almost pissed myself laughing so that I was laughing so hard. So, Okay, I'll stop yeah. talking about anime. There we yeah. go. So now the next one's kind of serious, but it's also something like uh, No Duh kind of thing. Like I'm surprised people are so shocked. So the, 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 <laughs> the headline of the article is that thousands of Amazon employees are listening to your Alexa conversations. Yeah, obviously. Mm -hmm. I guess the, <clears throat> the slight twist is that Amazon is actually paying them to do so. They've actually... I mean, that's what employees get. Mm -hmm. So they've got reviewers that they hire, and they're in like nine different countries throughout the world or something like that. Mm-hmm. And each one listens to about a thousand audio clips over a nine-hour shift, annotating them and feeding them back into the system to improve Alexa's responses. Yeah. This was like a big breaking story today, so I wanted to at least bring it up, but it's like, yeah, who's, who was surprised by yeah, this? Yeah, if, if you're surprised by this, then you're dumb. I'm yeah. sorry, but you're a fucking idiot. That's why I don't have, like, my Siri. Well, I, Siri is technically turned on on my phone, but I don't have the Hey Siri thing mm -hmm. where, like, like I, I have to turn Siri on myself. Like, they're, it's, they're a microphone. They're always listening to you. That's why you can be, you can have it off, and I do that with finger quotes. You can mm -hmm. have that off and then go, like, Alexa, and it wakes up. That means it's been listening. Like, that's, that's fucking clue number one. Right. You dummy. Yeah, congratulations. You fucking paid... A shit ton of money to have the NSA put a tap into your fucking house yeah. because you're an idiot. I did like this, though. It breaks out. Occasionally, the listeners pick up things Echo owners likely would rather stay private. A woman singing badly off-key in the shower, say, or a child screaming for help. Jesus! <laughs> the, the teams <laughs> use internal chat rooms to share files when they need help for parsing a muddled word or if they come across an amusing recording. <laughs> oh, my God. I would... <laughs> I would pay so much money to see what the chat room is for them, like what memes they're sending back yeah. and forth to each other. But then Amazon also has it says it has procedures in place for workers to follow when they hear something distressing. But two Romanian-based employees said that after requesting guidance for such cases, they were told it wasn't Amazon's job to interfere. <laughs> <laughs> this is like the start of a really bad, like, sci-fi movie yeah. <laughs> it's not our job to interfere we are the corporation sometimes they hear <laughs> recordings they find upsetting or possibly criminal two of the workers said they picked up what they believe was a sexual assault mm. when something like that happens they may share the experience in the internal chat room as a way of relieving stress I'm masturbating to it <laughs> <laughs> i mean i i gotta be honest with you like yes it's sad that they're hearing these things but they mm -hmm. i mean it is true they don't have the right to just fucking send that to the cops and be like here's what we heard that's yeah. totally unconstitutional i mean i guess if it's not happening in america i can't say anything about it well, but yeah. even still it's against like uh, a lot of basic civil and human rights mm -hmm. but and they end the article saying it's not just amazon that's turning to human helpers to develop its digital assistant Bloomberg report had found that Apple also has a human team that checks whether Siri's interpretation of requests matches what was asked by users. Yeah, obviously. And Google has reviewers that train assistant, but the clips don't have any personal identifiable information, and the audio itself is distorted to prevent any identification. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And also, if you're dumb enough to be like, hey, Siri, where where do I hide this body of a hooker that I just killed? You kind of deserve to get caught anyway, you fucking idiot. Mm. 
Yeah, no, I mean, this doesn't surprise me at all. I mean, I like Am- I'm not talking shit on Amazon. They're right. a very, very useful corporation for me. I buy a lot of shit off them, and I use Amazon Prime a lot. Yeah. I also don't have an Alexa in my house. Yeah. So, you, you want to know why? Because I can just pull up on my app on my phone. It takes me five minutes to type in whatever the fuck I'm looking for. Pulls it right up. I'm all set. we got nothing to worry about. There you go. It's oh, yeah. just not convenient enough for you yet. I'm just not a fan of any of these like listeners. It just it just doesn't do it for me. It creeps me out a little too much. It's a little mm-hmm. too like 1984. Yeah. It's just me, though. I don't know. Yeah. Well, we're going to have a little bit of education from Zach now. Mm. I found an article, as we like lists here. We've done several of them that throughout the episodes. This is a list from IGN of the 25 best Netflix comedy specials. Oh. Okay. I know you watch a lot of those. You're a big stand-up comedian fan. I, do. I love comedy. Yeah. You said the Netflix has been doing a lot of good ones lately. They have, yeah. You've, you've said that before, so I figured we could kind of go through this list. And yeah, you could, sure. You could talk about some of them. I don't now know if I've seen uh, many, but I'll, I'll chime in when I can. Let's see how many of them I've seen. All right. So we're going to reverse order here. Number 25. Chris Tucker. Chris Tucker Live, huh? I haven't seen this one. Okay. Also, uh, really haven't seen any of Chris Tucker's stand-up myself. I mean, I've seen some of his, like, a lot of his comedy movies and stuff, and he has very good timing. Hmm. So, I could assume this is fairly funny. I haven't seen it, though, so I'm not going to say yay, yay or nay on it. Okay. But should give it a watch. Right. Oh, we'll keep scrolling then. Number 24. 24 is Chelsea Handler. Uganda, be kidding me. Chelsea Handler, I uh, used to like her a lot. She used to be really funny. And she kind of fell into like a niche and sort of stopped working on her comedy. This is just my personal uh, opinion, obviously. Okay. She used to be really funny. Like whenever she was first, uh, what was that Chelsea Lately, the show she had on like uh, E or something like that. And when she was first starting out as a comedian, she was really funny. And she has she has a good way of writing jokes and things like that. And she was good as a, as a stand-up, too. I've seen some of her stand-up. I don't know if this is the one that I've seen or not, because I have seen one of her stand-up specials. She's not bad. Lately, she's gotten... I'm, I'm not going to say she's gotten bad. I'm going to say she's gotten kind of lazy. She sort of just has, like, three topics that she sits on and just sort of just rolls with that. And it's kind of like, eh, you need to kind of grow as a performer and a comedian to actually make something happen. Okay. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, I, it's kind of fair. I mean, the woman used to be funny, at least. I haven't watched a lot of her newer shit. I've seen, like, one or two of her newer stuff and was kind of like, eh, it, it wasn't my cup of tea. Then again, it's probably not made... For my right, audience the, either, so. Yeah. All right, moving on. Oh, jeez. Oh, I, did, I didn't even know this guy did stand up. Oh, Donald Glover? Yeah. yeah. Number 23 is Donald Glover, Weirdo. I've actually seen this one. Have you? Really funny. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm going to check it out. Pretty fucking good. The guy is a very good stand-up comedian. Hmm. Um, I know most of them know him as uh, Childish Gambino, or as uh, whatever his character's name was in Community. Yeah. I never got a chance to watch that show, but yeah. uh, I heard it was good. Mm-hmm. Really, really he's, funny. He's really guy. good on Atlanta too. It's a good show. <clears throat> is he, I, I haven't yeah. watched that either. He's a really funny guy. Uh, really has a great kind of sense for how comedy works. So, okay. Yeah, I think you would actually really like that special as well, weirdo. I think yeah. you'd really dig it because he goes in the whole thing of like being the weird dude who's like kind of like he's like nerdy but also like a like half black dude and stuff like that. It's so like he he kind of gets into that and he, he does a fun thing of like doing kind of like some of the racial jokes. But not the typical racial jokes and not leaning on it. He kind of puts like a fun spin to it a little bit. Okay. So it's kind of fun. Number 22. We got Jim Gaffigan, Beyond the Pale. Uh, I've seen a lot of Gaffigan stuff. Okay. 
I, I think he's a funny guy. I don't know if you've seen any of his uh, things at all. Just like a couple clips, like the Hot Pockets kid. Yeah. And stuff. yeah. He's a really funny dude. He has kind of this weird, almost like uh, um, like out there kind of like modern art style of comedy where he's almost doing like anti-comedy but not in a shitty way. He's just sort of like weird is what he is. And he's kind of rolling with it. I always kind of find him, found him to be kind of a funny dude. Yeah. So, um, I would say this one, Beyond the Pale, or pretty much any of his specials, not go out and search for it. But if you got nothing else to do and it's there, throw it on there. You'll probably have a good time. Okay. Number 21. This is the first one I've never heard of him. So Wyatt Sinek? Yeah. Yeah, Wyatt Sinek, Brooklyn. Uh, Wyatt Sinek, very funny guy. Oh, yeah? Okay. Really talented comedian. Really fucking weird. He's been on a couple of uh, podcasts that I like. And he's just, uh, again, he's a really good joke teller. He has kind of a laid-back sort of style to his comedy where he's just almost lounging the whole time. Oh, really? Yeah, he's uh, he's actually pretty funny. Yeah, I would say that that one's pretty good. I like Wyatt Zenak. Okay, number 20. I also haven't heard of this woman. I don't know if I've heard of this one either, to be honest with you. Uh, see, this is number 20 is Catherine Ryan, In Trouble, Crass, Sex Positive, and Unafraid to Go for the Throat on a Number of Celebrities. So she's every other... Female comedian right now in yeah. the last five years, so I'm not gonna say anything on her. But I just I don't know. Never heard of her. You tell me if it's funny. Okay. Ooh, number nineteen. One of the greatest stand-up specials ever. Really? <clears throat> oh my god, yes. Eddie Murphy's Delirious. Why is it nineteen then? I don't know. That should definitely be fucking higher. Okay. He uh, Eddie Murphy originally with his stand-up was amazingly funny. Really? Have you ever seen any of his old stand-up specials? Oh, my not, God. No. First off, this is I've seen some of his Saturday Night Live skits. But. Yeah, those were good, too. He was an incredibly raunchy comedian. I mean, dirty as a motherfucker. He'd, he'd wear his all-leather suits. He wanted to be a fucking, like, rock star and shit. Okay. He's hilarious. I'm talking fucking great. Delirious is... In the whole history of stand-up comedy specials, one-hour comedy specials, just stand-up, mm-hmm. that's definitely top 15, probably top 10. Okay. It's amazing. So, reading the write-up, it looks like they're kind of judging it from a 2019 standard. They're, they're dropping it down because it's a comedy classic that, despite some deeply offensive homophobic material that Murphy would later apologize for, is a must-watch for any comedy Go fuck yourself. <laughs> Although, Raw is a better special. Is it? Okay. And it Eddie Murphy Raw. Oh, my God, dude. Holy fuck, is that funny. Hmm. Yes, it was made in 1983, so it doesn't fit with your fucking whiny-ass drinking soy lattes and being a pussy-ass fucking attitude. IGN, you fucks. I, I, oh, my God, that irritates me so much. When people judge comedy from way back with the fucking... How it holds up. Yeah, yeah. with like the... I, no, not even how it holds up, because I think it's still funny. Because to me, it's... If something is done in a place of humor, he's clearly not like you watch this delirious and raw both. I mean, yes, he makes homophobic jokes. He clearly doesn't hate gay dudes. He's not like wanting like it's not like the comedy special ends. He's like, all right, let's go drag a fag behind a truck. Let's do this. Like he's clearly (laughs) not going for that. He's just trying to make jokes. So already you should fucking not be uh, offended if you ask me. And then number two, again, 1983. So you want to hold up uh, the fucking standards we had in 1983 to the standards we have now. So, I mean, go fuck yourself. Delirious is one of the funniest stand-up specials. I think Raw is better. 
to be fair. Okay. But Delirious is still definitely top 15 best stand-up specials ever. Right. Fucking hilarious. Eddie Murphy was an amazing stand-up comedian. Okay. I'm going to check that out then. Probably still is. I, I He just probably hasn't done it in a while. But, yeah. I mean, he was an amazing stand-up comedian. The guy was hilarious. He had charisma. He would control a crowd. And it was fucking funny, man. He bridged the gap. He was a black comedian that a shit ton of white people watched in 1983. Like, huge. It's not like he was just doing Late Night at the Apollo. He sold out, like, theaters and shit. White people loved him. That's how fucking funny he was <laughs> in the, as IGN would call it, the racist-ass homophobic 1983 so, that's how fucking funny he is. Eddie Murphy was an amazing stand-up comedian. Number 18. Right, we got uh, Michael Che, Matters. Um, I know he did uh, some shit with SNL. I haven't watched any of his full-on shit. I've seen some of his stuff. I kind of... I'll be honest with you. His comedy doesn't really work for me. Anyway, Like I kind of found him sort of... I'm not going to say lazy, but he's just he kind of takes the easy route with a lot of his jokes. Okay. There's not a lot of misdirection. We're like that's kind of my favorite thing about like uh different comedians. Where they just string you along. Yeah. Then... Where they're setting something up and you think you almost know where it's going and then it's totally something different and that's funny to me. Michael Chase sort of always takes the at least to me, seems to always take the easy road. So. Okay. Number okay. 17. Okay, number 17, Jen Kirkman. I'm going to die alone, and I feel fine. That's kind of a funny name already. <laughs> God, her name sounds so familiar. I feel like I know her from something. I think she was on... She might have been on um, the Joe Rogan podcast a couple times. Oh, yeah? And I remember her being fairly funny on that. I've never seen her stand-up, so I really can't say much. Okay. Um, so. There you go. I want yeah. to check out for yeah. you. Yeah, give that one a shot. Tell me you guys what you think. Number 16. Number 16. Trevor Noah, son of Patricia. So, Trevor Noah, to me, anyway, this is all 100% opinions, starting out was a fairly decent comedian, Okay. found his niche, settled into that, dug a deep, deep hole, sat there, and decided to never move again. Also, Trevor Noah ruined The Daily Show. It hasn't been the same. It's just not as funny anymore. He's just, uh, he's kind of the same as like uh, Michael Shea or something like that, where he's just sort of a lazy comedian. He sits with what he wants. Why don't you write a joke about your own experience and let us learn something about you? That's what's fun about fucking stand-up comedy is that you get to see somebody else's point of view. Yeah. So, I don't know. If you guys want to like Trevor Noah, feel free, but he's just not my cup of tea. Right, number 15, getting into some big weights here. Ooh, number 15, Jerry before Seinfeld. So, oh, okay, I guess this is a somewhat recent show yeah. that he did. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, I haven't seen this, but I'm also not going to sit here and say anything bad about Jerry Seinfeld, because so, I do not have the balls to do that. Yeah. He's a fucking a, a god among co yeah. comedians. He's a hilarious man. Yeah. He's a fucking icon. He's going to live forever, basically. And I'm sure it's great, to be honest with you. Never seen it. I'm assuming it's great. Okay. Number 14. Allie Wong, Hard Knock Wife. Um, I don't know this person yet. I saw her 30-minute Comedy Central Presents special. Hmm. Okay. I remember her being fairly funny. I get, uh, she's in like very pregnant in this special, which is already kind of making me happy, which kind of gives me some ideas it might be okay. Mm -hmm. So this is another one that I haven't <laughs> yeah. seen. Um, 
Okay. Beyond the objectively funny image of a woman in her third trimester doing physical gags and talking smack about her family, Wong's open dialogue about being a mom, the breadwinner in a relationship, and how society views you is sharply poignant and naturally hilarious. That sounds funny. So this is one I haven't seen. Uh, I do know that she's a very good comedian. Oh, yeah. So I would... uh, I would say give it a watch, send it out, and tell me what you guys thought, and then I'll see if I want to watch it or not. All right. Number 13. Ooh, Mark Marin, Thinking, or Thinky Pain. Uh, I know Marin's got one of the most popular podcasts of all time. Yeah, so that's how I'd known him, because I didn't really know yeah. he was a comedian also. And then he, you know, he's, he's done some uh, stand-up comedy. I just, I, it's not that he's a bad comedian, just sort of the persona that he uh, goes with, I just don't like because he's just kind of like the like Weasley sort of like yeah sort of like oh I'm so sad kind of yeah male mm-hmm. and I just I it's probably not even his fault I'm I'm assuming that everybody else just kept copying him because of the shit he was doing and I have seen him on the Joe Rogan podcast and he's been funny on that I don't know I just again that's another guy who's not really my cup of tea so mm. number twelve. John Leguizamo's Latin History for Morons. Uh, oh, this one just came out uh, fairly recently. I remember seeing it oh, pop yeah? up. Okay. Um, again, have not seen a lot of Leguizamo's stand-up. I know he's a fairly funny guy. Uh, not a bad actor, even though he was in the Super Mario Brothers movie. Uh, <laughs> he was also in John Wick, so I feel like those kind of cancel out. Yeah, I think so. Um I can see how it would be funny. Again, this is one that I haven't watched, so I'm just going to kind of put that in the I need to check it out at some point bracket. All right. Number 11. This is really hard for me to do because comedy is so subjective. I can't be like, this is good, this is bad. I can, I can only right. be like, I, just to me, this isn't good because there's so there's such different things in comedy. All right, sorry. I was getting caught off here. Number 11, Tom Segura, Disgraceful. I don't remember which one Disgraceful is. I've watched a lot of Tom Segura's comedy specials. Oh, yeah? He is one of the funniest men alive right now. Really? Absolutely. He is fucking hilarious. Every fucking stand-up special I've seen of his has been amazing. He has a fantastic podcast called Your Mom's House Podcast with him and his wife, who's also a stand-up comedian, Chelsea Prezitsky, with her giant... Yeah, what did I say, Chelsea? Yeah. It's Christina... Przezinski. Okay. Uh, no, Tom Segura is of the recent comedians, probably in my top three. Wow. I mean, he's okay. fucking amazingly funny. So underrated at eleven, <clears> you think? Yeah. No, that should probably be top five. I don't wow. know. The guy is fucking hilarious, and you'll really like him. You will definitely laugh at him because you laugh at my shit, and we have kind of a similar sense of humor. But he's just actually funny. Oh, okay. So you'll definitely like his shit. So I'll get to see what you would have been like if you weren't a field comedian. Yes, that's exact. That's the best way to describe Tom Segura. Imagine me, but talented and funny. Okay. There you go. That's something I want to watch. You'll now. fucking love yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. You guys should all check that shit out. All right. Heading into the top ten. Number ten, Ellen DeGeneres, relatable. I mean, I'm not going to sit here and talk shit on Ellen. I'm not a monster. Her first stand-up special in 15 years. I've also never seen it. Wow. So, I mean, I know she's... She just seems like such a sweet lady. I'm, I'm assuming it's good. Yeah. She just seems like such a doll, though, doesn't she? Yeah. I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and talk shit on fucking Ellen DeGeneres. She's just... She's too sweet. I don't have that in my heart. All right. We'll just move on, then. Chris Rock, Tambourine, one of the funniest guys alive as well. Really? Oh, Chris... Have you never watched any of Chris Rock stand-up specials? I don't think I have, actually. No. Oh, they are amazing. This dude is fucking funny. 
Really? Here's some guys who think Chris Rock is one of the funniest dudes out there. Uh, Joe Rogan, uh, David Tell. Really? Dave Chappelle, uh, Tom Segura. There's a lot of comedians out there who love Chris Rock. Uh, oh, uh, Louis C.K. thinks he's fucking hilarious. Hmm. So, yeah, probably go watch that. Chris Rock is fucking amazingly funny. I, I haven't seen this special. It's Tambourine. But if it's Chris Rock doing a stand-up special, I can almost guarantee it's, it's going to be funny. I'd, I'd almost bet a, a pinky that it'll be funny. That's how fucking funny Chris Rock is. Uh-huh. An amazingly talented stand-up. All right. Ooh, number eight. This is one that I've been avoiding because oh, I yeah? don't like him. Oh, okay. Uh, well, number apparently eight it's good. is Adam Sandler, 100% Fresh. It's the newest one he just put out a couple months ago. Just oh. came on Netflix. I didn't know um, he was still doing stuff. Yeah, oh, it's his first comedy special in years. Oh. Uh, mostly new material that still feels like classic Sandler. Stitched together from a variety of different performances, this special is full of catchy, goofy songs of varying lengths, down-to-earth jokes about being a husband and father, and surprisingly a very touching reflection on his career in comedy. The highlight of the special comes towards the end in a tear-inducing tribute to Sandler's late great pal, Chris Farley. Yeah, the guy who apparently made him funny because he yeah. hasn't been funny since Chris Barley died. Yeah, so. so you got to milk the audience for sympathy. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Just with all the movies that Adam Sandler's made recently, I sort of don't even want to count him as a stand-up comedian anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know. I'll have to watch it at some point, but whatevs. Okay. Number seven. Number seven. One of my personal favorite stand-up comedians, Dave Chappelle, "The Age of Spin," "Deep in the Heart of Texas." Okay. Uh, yeah, he does have two Netflix specials right now. Watch them both. It's Dave Chappelle. It's fucking hilarious. I mean, that's pretty much all I have to say is it's Dave Chappelle. All right. We all watched his show. It was amazingly funny. I actually didn't until like two years ago. But it but, was amazingly funny, oh, yeah. wasn't it? it? It's almost scary how well it still holds up. Yeah. Like, it's you laugh at all the same parts. What's shocking you would have. is that it still holds up, and it's it was also so poignant at the time. Right, like, yeah, he that, was, that's what I meant by, yeah. Yeah, like, he was hitting shit exactly on that time. Mm-hmm. Then you go back and watch it, and it still stands up. It's still yeah, funny. That makes no sense to me. It's still hitting society, like, right on the nose in every single bit. That's how good of a fucking comedian slash writer Dave Chappelle is. I mean, we all loved his show. We all loved all his movies. It's Dave fucking Chappelle. Like, what else do I need to say? It's, this should not be number seven. This should be number fucking one. Well, eventually we'll see what is. <laughs> this should definitely be in the top three. It's fucking okay. Dave Chappelle. Are you kidding me right now? Number six. Oh, number six. Chelsea Peretti, one of the greats. Uh, From Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Yeah, of course. She's Gina in Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Yeah. She's also a really funny comedian. She, she has a really okay. great kind of like deadpan sort of delivery to her jokes and stuff. So she, just like her character. Yeah. Okay. She's a very, very talented comedian. She's also, uh, she jokingly acts like a bitch, but she's like a huge sweetheart. Who oh, really? Who is constantly doing charity work and donating money and stuff like that. Uh, I haven't seen this special, but I would say it's probably pretty good. Okay. So I would give it a watch for sure. All right, that's another one I'll add to my list. Next one is another great fucking comedian. Is it? Yeah, number five is John Mulaney, the comeback kid. One of Emma's favorite comedians of all time. He looks like a little kid. He really, he's like 35. Oh, seriously? Yeah. (laughs) Wow. Okay, I would not know it from that picture. He's been an SNL writer forever. Okay. He's been writing SNL. He is, um, he has, he used to have like three specials on Netflix. I don't know how many are still up there, but he's had like three of his specials on Netflix. He is really exceptionally fucking funny. Okay. I mean, hilarious. 
he has one of the greatest like almost girl power feminist jokes ever where um if this it might be on this special i don't remember and he's talking about his wife or he's talking to his wife and he's like hey he's like you don't mind if i like make jokes about you or anything or like talk about us on stage and she goes no just don't call me a bitch or say that you hate me and i was like i would never do that my wife is a bitch and i love her for it she is a tiger mom and she will not be took taken down ever she's so strong because he's like he's like this little like irish boy i mean he's american but he's like an irish catholic family and then he married like this angry jewish girl from new york and she just like steps over him constantly <laughs> he's a fantastic comedian. I'd put him up there with like Dave Chappelle and shit like that. Where if his name's on it, watch it. I can almost guarantee you're gonna laugh. Okay. He is also Spider Ham. Yeah, oh really? Yeah, oh, I, I, I okay. forgot about that. He's the one who voices Spider Ham. I'm in then. So there That's you go. That's all I need to hear. He's fucking hilarious. Okay. He also has one of the, my because I mean I got tired of the Trump jokes whenever he first got uh, elected because every comedian had a bunch of different Trump jokes. Mm. He has a great one where he's talking about electing Trump as president is it's kind of like we all picked a horse to run a hospital where it's like, it wouldn't be fun if we just like let this horse run the hospital. And then all of a sudden the horse is tweeting like, I'm going to run into the baby ward. I have giant hooves. I'm going to smash them. I have the best hooves ever. It's like, I fucking knew you'd say that you dumb, stupid horse. It's just so <laughs> stupid. It's hilarious. I love it. He's hilarious. Check him out. John Mulaney's fucking fantastic. All right. Here we got number four is Eliza uh, Schlesinger. Okay. Elder millennial. She is, I'm going to put her kind of in that trope of, I don't really like her that much, but it's also not my, like, I'm not the target audience of her comedy. Yeah. So if you are. This is a recurring theme now with a lot of these female comedians, <clears throat> I think. Well, there there are female comedians that I like. I just, the ones that I don't like are kind of leaning on being the female comedian a little too much as opposed mm. to just like telling stories and stuff like that. So, I mean, if you like stories about like, um, oh, I look pretty and I get fucked a lot, but boys are weird and I fart sometimes and I eat pizza. <laughs> yeah, if you're into that, you're going to fucking love this. Okay. So give it a shot. You might like it. Who knows? Oh, here we go. Top three now. Number three, Pat Oswalt Annihilation. I'm, I'm a big not fan sure. of his. I'm not sure if I've seen this special. I've seen a lot of his specials. Oh, yeah. I know. Is this the one that he made right after his, uh, like, was this the first one he made after his wife's death? I don't remember. Uh, yeah, the first special he made after the tragic and sudden passing okay. of his wife. So I'm sure it's pretty good. Okay. Uh, I do love Patton Oswalt. He is a fucking hilarious guy. I've never seen any of his stand-up. <clears throat> I like him as an actor. He's oh, been in a lot of his, good stuff. You'll love his uh, stand-up. Okay. He's a really, really funny uh, stand-up comedian. So... Comedy is very clearly his coping mechanism, but it's not that he tries to make light of the situation for the audience's comfort. In fact, it's the opposite. He pulls no punches on what he and his daughter went through, and he accents these incredibly painful moments with small sides that feel as much for our benefit as his own. Oh, I love it already. I haven't seen this one yet. I've seen a lot of his other specials, and I've always been a big Patton Oswalt fan. So I definitely need to watch this one. Because I just... This is going to sound evil. I can't think of a better way to watch a comedian than him doing a special right after his wife, like suddenly unexpectedly died. Cause that's just a lot of people who are into comedy and who like comedy and who are stand up comedians and things like that. The comedy has always been a coping mechanism. That's yeah. what, co- uh, that's what comedy is for is to, the humor comes from the pain. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's how you make light of something dark. It's like, it's, it's how you get through it. And to put the most rawest form of it on a special, and then to have it come from an incredibly talented 
well-written, just guy who knows exactly what the fuck he's doing anyway, mm-hmm. that's got to be just fucking a beautiful special. I need to give that shit a watch. So, right. Number oh, two. Hell yeah. Number two is Richard Pryor live in concert. I mean, it's Richard Pryor. What else do I have to say? I think that's it. It's fucking Richard Pryor. He's one of the funniest motherfuckers who's ever lived. It sucks that he died so early. He was amazingly funny. This dude fucking... This dude kind of changed stand-up comedy almost. He kind of, like, changed how stand-up comedy worked. Like, he's the reason we have dudes like Eddie Murphy and Sam Kennison and guys like that. Like, he brought it away from the, like... Like, I mean, he's... Not exactly a Lenny Bruce type, but he's pretty much right behind Lenny Bruce, where it's like, yeah, no, I don't just stand up here and do, like, one-liners and fucking stupid-ass jokes. Like, take my wife, please. Like, no, I'm going to say the raunchiest, dirtiest, fucking evil shit ever, wow. and I'm going to make it laugh at the same fucking time. This, like, is a, this is a great line here, too. Like like you said earlier with Chris Rock, everybody respecting him. He's, this is the first stand-up special ever to be released in theaters, mm-hmm. and you'd be hard-pressed to find a comedian who doesn't cite this performance as his <clears> inspiration. Yeah. Any comedian who says they don't think Richard Pryor's amazing or didn't think Live in Concert is one of the greatest specials ever, mm-hmm. they're not a good comedian. I can guarantee that. This isn't so much a stand-up special as it is history and a piece of like fucking culture that you need to you need to have in you to fully understand what we are as a culture. That's how fucking good this shit is. This means something. Wow. All right. I'm going to check that one out then. All right. Here we go. Number one. Let's see what it is. Number one comedy special that is currently on Netflix. I've never heard of this person. Are you fucking shitting me? (laughs) You have got to be shitting me in the fucking mouth. (laughs) Fuck you. Absolutely not. No. No. This... This this article is a joke, right? I'm getting fucked with right now. That's what's happening. <laughs> I don't know. I honestly didn't read it before. I just saw the headline. I was like, oh, Zach likes stand-up. You so have I'll... got... There is no fucking way that they put this... Hannah Gadsby, Nanette, which by her own fucking voice, she says is not a uh, comedy special. What it is is talking about how, like, fucking nobody got her because she was oppressed growing up and man, man, man. It is not funny. It is totally fucking shit. All this is is IGN trying to pull some bullshit fucking SJW, look how fucking special and cool we are fucking points. How fucking dare you to put that as number one? Hannah Gatsby's in Especially right over Richard Pryor, too. Right over Richard Pryor. Right over fucking Lenny Bruce, who went to jail. Well, that might not be on Netflix. I don't care. Just to even put her on this fucking list with Dave Chappelle and fucking Richard Pryor. Adam Sandler, even, who I don't even think is probably that good of a stand-up comedian, but he's fucking Adam Sandler. Hannah Gadsby is the number one stand-up special on fucking Netflix. Are you kidding me? What the fuck? This is fucked up. You're more mad now than you were at Joker last yes, week. Yes, no, because this is way worse. I care more about stand-up comedy than I do about the Joker. <laughs> what the? Wow. I mean, okay, here, look. Let me just read how they describe this is them describing it okay and then you tell me if this sounds like the best stand-up special on fucking netflix all right in many ways nanette isn't a comedy special at all sure it's funny but it's also a deeply personally spoken essay on well, you're reading com- it in a sarcastic tone so i'm gonna take it that way it's also a deeply personal <laughs> spoken essay on why comedy can be damaging to oneself and those who are listening okay particularly when you're self-deprecating 
and not a straight white male. Mm. Gadsby's exploration of her role in comedy and her life experiences as a lesbian, including the ponderance of giving up comedy altogether, result in an affecting experience that is comedy in the sense that is labeled as such, but is truly not so much. So in their own fucking description, they admit that it's not funny. And then you want to call that. No, what do they say at the end here? That is comedy in the sense that it is labeled as such, but is truly so much more. Mm -hmm. So they're saying that it's not comedy. So they're already admitting that their number one comedy special is not comedy. So they know it's not funny, but they know that if they put on here, they can get everybody on fucking Twitter to be like, oh my god. So, not a fan? It just... That's, it's so fucked up to put that as number one. It yeah. just seems like such a fuck you. It's not even a fuck you. What it is is like a fucking weak ass, like, let's fucking look how woke and cool we are bullshit. But here, I mean, just look look at some of these comments. I'm not the only one. Yeah. Whoever put this list together should be ashamed of themselves and never set foot in a comedy club again, if they've actually ever been to one. Seeing Nanette at number one makes me angry. It's not funny at all and can't be called comedy. And where the hell is Patrice? No Brian Regan. I mean, yeah, there you go. Patrice is a black guy even. So. Oh, really? Yeah. Hmm. Patrice O'Neill, you don't know him? I don't think so. Oh, fuck. He's funny, man. Oh, yeah. oh, he was. He's dead now, sadly. But oh. he was hilarious. Okay. But yeah, I don't I just... <sighs> yeah, no Bill Burr, no Jim Jeffries. Uh, they did put... Eddie Murphy on there, which is nice. Richard Pryor probably should have been number one on that, to be honest with you. Oh, yeah. Is there a Norm Mac- McDonald stand-up special? Because he's fucking hilarious. I don't know. I would definitely watch it if there was. Yeah, I just... That was a terrible list. This is written by somebody who doesn't know comedy, then. Because that is... To put that at number one. If you just put it on there, I wouldn't be so fucking angry right now. But to put that at number one and say it's better than the rest of them when she's... Literally, her, her her whole thing on that special is that she's not trying to be funny. This isn't a comedy special. <laughs> why are you putting that at number one, then? It's not a comedy special. Mm-hmm. So why is it the number one comedy special? It's quite a quandary. What's your favorite burger? The Crunchwrap Supreme at Taco Bell? I mean, what the fuck are we talking about? Kind of. That's really good. Yeah. no. You can eat good. with one hand while you drive. I just, I, I'm so fucking angry right now. It's not even funny. Mm-hmm. I, you, I mean, you put Patton Oswalt, who does a comedy special right after his wife died and used it as a like a fucking way to get through his sadness and grief, mm-hmm. but that's not as good or as important as Hannah Gadsby talking about what it's like to be a white lesbian in an upper middle class family where you never had to fight for anything. What? Yeah, no, I'm sure that's hilarious and awesome. Fucking bullshit. I feel bad because... Usually I can anticipate you being angry and then I'll have something to like lighten the mood or bring you back around. I don't really have anything here this week because I didn't look over that list first. I didn't know it was going to be something I controversial. Mean, you wouldn't have known anyway, so. I kind of would have. Like like I said, like if seeing somebody that I've never heard of before, like I don't watch a lot of comedy, but I still know enough. Like yeah. I, I've heard of most of these people. So. I mean, Richard Pryor should have been number one then. If they if they want to do like history and like talking about bad shit and stuff mm-hmm. like that, if you want to pull it into that and not just funny, right. and, I mean, even then, if you want to just like make you it go funny, historical comedians, I think of either Richard Pryor or George Carlin. So. Yeah, a hundred percent. Yeah, George Carlin wasn't even on there. 
Yeah. Well, he, was he, Bill Hicks. He might not be on Netflix. Bill Hicks so. is on Netflix, and is he was he? not on there at all. And Bill Hicks is one of the greatest comedians ever. Really? Okay. Oh, I fucking love him. Bill Hicks is the reason that fucking Dennis Leary had a career. Really? Okay. Yeah, Dennis Leary stole basically 20 minutes of Bill Hicks' uh, stand-up special, and then made a career out of it. Wow. Because Bill Hicks was fucking hilarious. Bill Hicks has one of the greatest jokes ever, where he's talking about the American presidential uh, elections i mean this is back in like 90 something or like 80 something and he's like here's what i think happens every time someone's voted in as president he goes they walk into a dark room there's a bunch of uh, cigarette smoke everywhere and the nine corporate fucks that run this country are sitting around a table and then they lower a screen and they show him a video of the kennedy assassination shot from the grassy knoll and then the screen goes up and they go do you have any questions and the guy goes What's my platform? <laughs> yeah, Bill Hicks is amazing. He's one of my favorite comedians ever. He has a fun one. Uh, he was a big guy who would uh, he would smoke on stage all the time. Okay, and then um, every like this is one bit of crowd work he would always do where he'd be like, he's like, yeah, I'm a smoker. He's you a smoker? And the guy's like, yeah. And he's like. How much do you smoke? And there's two different specials on it. One of them, the guy's like, uh, oh, just like a pack a day. He goes, oh, a pack a day? Like, fucking, why don't you get up here on stage, put a dress on and dance around while you smoke your faggy pack a day, you little bitch. He's like, I go through one lighter a day, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Which normally those last how long? I mean, a decent amount of time. Okay. Probably months. Okay. So that's a funny joke then. Yes, I, yeah. I would agree it's a funny joke. All right. He also has the one, which is my favorite one, about smokers, where he's uh, he's like talking about people who don't smoke and like getting mad at you for smoking, mm-hmm. and they come up to you like while you're smoking, they're like, <coughs> and like coughing at you to get you Just to a fake cough, yeah, yeah, and then he's like, shit, you're lucky you don't smoke. He's like, I smoke all day, I don't cough like that. You must have been con- conceived with a weak sperm or something. I don't know. Maybe your dad was jerking off and your mom sat on it at the last minute. <laughs> Bill Hicks is fucking. Hilarious, and I know quite a few of his shit is still on Netflix. So this one might also make you mad. I thought it was kind of sweet. So Mark Hamill's been in a lot of the news lately. Yeah, talking about his child's play, you know. And uh, they asked him some more about Star Wars. And there was another article where he's like warning Disney that we're about to enter Star Wars overkill, oh, which we've already talked about. So I didn't really feel like it. don't worry. About right, I didn't feel like bringing that up, but this is a pretty good one here. So he actually talked to J.J. Abrams during The Force Awakens, Episode 7. Hmm. And he pitched a different, not, they said a different ending, but it's a different, not complete ending, but towards the end of the movie, that he would uh, have had a more touching call back to A New Hope. So his quote is, You can still have me come in at the very end, Hamill explains. But how about this? Leia's trying to contact me telepathically. She gets frustrated because there's no answer, so she rushes to the new Death Star. That would make three so far. (laughs) And she almost gets there when she's stopped by two stormtroopers. Just before she's abducted, one of the stormtroopers turns to the other, blows him away, pulls off his helmet, and says, Hi, sis, I'm here to rescue you. Oh, that would have been cute. Hamill thought that (laughs) would have blown the roof off the joint. I agree. And what's more, this scene would have led to the inevitable death of Han Solo, with Luke and Leia there to be with him at the end. That would have been nice to have Luke there as well. Mm -hmm. His mother, quote, It's more effective to have people that really have a history with Han who witness his death and be unable to stop it. His wife, the mother of his child, his best friend, instead of two characters that have known him, what, 20 minutes? 
he did confirm that he will be returning as Luke Skywalker in Episode Nine. So. What? But I thought he disappeared. I know. Are they going to put him in like they put uh, Hayden Christensen in at the the re-editing of Return of the Jedi? <laughs> no, I imagine it'll come around full circle. He'll be some kind of force ghost. So. Oh, God. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> he just, he'll just be a force ghost at the end while they're all surrounded by Ewoks and whatever the, else, whatever the hell else that's going to suck in the next Star Wars movie is going to be. <laughs> I mean, we can all agree that Star Wars sucks now, right? It's getting there, yeah. And this is coming from a guy who adores Star Wars. It's getting there. I, I still hold out hope for it. I don't know. It's Do you? Yeah, I really do. It's, let's see. There's been... It's a sickness. I, I understand that. But How many Star Wars movies have been created at this point? Like 20-something? Movies? Yeah. Star yeah. Wars movies. Let's call it like 15 or so. It's... Counting like Solo and uh, be 12. Rogue, Rogue One and stuff yeah. like that. 12 of them. 12 of them. And three of them have been good? Mm, I'd go four, maybe five. Mm, I don't know, because Solo sucked. Right, Let's yeah. call it four of them were good. The original trilogy and Rogue, Rogue One. I like Revenge of the Sith a lot, too. Re- the third one. Yeah. Yeah, I guess. It finally gave us the, the climactic battle. <clears throat> like That's what made Darth Vader. Like, yeah, but it was just so... Spoon fed. I know, but sometimes you want to be fed. The only reason Revenge of the Sith is good is if you watch the entire Clone Wars series. That's the only way that Revenge of the Sith is good. Because they don't really build the Obi-Wan and Anakin friendship at all in the movies. But if you watch the Clone Wars series that was on Netflix, I took it off, sadly. Uh, if you watch the Clone Wars series, you see them, like, have a friendship together, and, like, they become best friends, and there is, like, Obi-Wan's in that, like, kind of really well, fun, funly written position that makes for great story, where he's, like, a father figure and an older brother and a best friend at the same time. He's also the least stronger of the two. If you watch the Clone Wars and then watch Revenge of the Sith, it's a good movie. If you don't... It's really not that much of a movie because they don't really build those two's relationship together that much. And I mean, in Revenge of the Sith, before the final fight, they're together for like, what, 10, 15 minutes of screen time? And then they're like off on separate missions. That's the thing. I brought a lot of the novels and comic books into it. Right. No, if if you did the work and you like read the expanded universe, which no longer counts. Right. But um, at the time it did. Yeah. at, At the time it did. That does make Revenge of the Sith good. But I'm talking in just terms of the cinematic universe that they wanted us to watch. Yeah. Because clearly they don't want us to watch the other stuff because they made it not part of the canon. Is Revenge of the Sith good anymore? In that aspect, probably not. Yeah, that's the point I'm making. I liked Revenge of the Sith because I had also read all the novels and watched Clone Wars and shit and fucking loved it. I watched the original Clone Wars like before it was uh, the different... Uh, animation where they were all like almost looking like lego figures where it was just literally just hand drawn and it was on it was like 15 minute long episodes on like adult swim i watched that even and fucking loved it thought it was amazing i was super into revenge of the sith but now i'm looking at it in the way that they want me to look at it clearly because they got rid of all that shit and in the movies, they never took time to build that re- relationship, which is a fucking shame because that's a great relationship. And that is something that, if it's built, makes that ending fight amazing. Where it's like, oh, yeah. 
Yeah, Obi-Wan has to kill his best friend, his brother, like, I mean, this, no one else he is close to except for Anakin, and he doesn't want to. Like, He right. literally tells him not to do it. That's his, like, fucking line is, don't try it. Like, please, don't make me kill you. I don't want to kill you. For the love of God, don't do it. And he does it, and then Obi-Wan has to do what he has to do because he is a man of duty. And then, like, that's a beautiful story. It's, like, fucking, like, it's, like grecian tragedy style beautifulness but you threw all that shit away whenever disney bought it because they said no fuck all that shit we're gonna make our own stories so that's what i'm saying we're gonna transition into some tv news now <laughs> oh don't worry you'll still be sad because they've announced the preacher will be ending after season four. Oh, that kind of sucks so final season will be airing on uh, the premiere will be august 4th <clears throat> I really need to catch up on it, though, to be honest with you. I only watched, oh, really? the, first, I only watched the first season. So oh, far. okay. Never mind, then. I won't go any further. Some of it kind of spoilery. So. Oh, okay. But you've read the comics, so... Yes, yeah. I have. Okay. And I, 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 love, I love them. They're one You're of my the reason favorite. I read the comics. Yeah, so. they're one of my favorite comics ever. I literally bought a Zippo lighter from that comic book. It says, <laughs> fuck communism. And I have a, a funny moment every time I'm using that lighter, and someone asks to borrow it. I'm like, yeah, sure, and I hand it to them. And they're like, oh, what does that say? And I'm like, oh, it says fuck communism. And they go, oh, okay. I'm like, yeah, it's from a comic book, but I also believe it 100%. So, Because you want to talk about well-done bromances? Hmm. Fucking Jesse and Cassidy right there. I mean, tell me that's not a fucking amazing brotherhood-loving like bromance. Um, like, just perfectness. Nope. You're a liar. And you, and you know you're a liar. You're, you're, you're just trying to be fucking... Anti whatever the fuck I say right now. Kind of yeah. Because you're such a big Hannah Gadsby fan that you That's won't right. let me talk shit. I couldn't. I couldn't take it anymore. <laughs> That's for you, my my girl. Well, at least they know that they're ending, so they'll be able to wrap up the story. Right. Yeah. That's a good sign. Hmm. It's not like season four just ended and they're done. It's like <laughs> oh fuck. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. Even Seth Rogen posted whenever he announced that it would be the final season. That the fourth and final season of Preacher is coming. It's been a wild ride. Thank you all. So good. See, I would rather it end early and have a good, well-rounded story as mm-hmm. opposed to like draw it out and make it suck. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Don't overstay your welcome. Exactly. Like The Walking Dead. <laughs> no, did you see that one uh, funny Onion article where it was like, uh, last week's ending of The Walking Dead shocks the four people who still watch that show? <laughs> so it's one... I can't really talk about it. I don't know if you can either, but it is Stephen King news, so I had to bring it up. Mm-hmm. Stephen King and J.J. Abrams are going to be pairing together for a series coming to the a new Apple TV+, Plus, which is Apple's streaming service. Okay. But they're going to be adapting, <clears throat> I've been told it's pronounced Lisey's story. It's one of his newer novels. I haven't actually read it. I have I it, have but I haven't read it. Read it. Yeah, I have not read it. From uh, the podcast that I listen to where they go through like the entire canon and everything, it's they've mentioned it a few times already as one of their favorite more recent novels really? that he's written. Okay. So it might be something to check out. And uh, Julianne Moore is going to be the star. So I like her. That's a good actress. Yeah. For sure. And Stephen King himself will be writing all eight one-hour episodes. Okay, so he'll write all eight one-hour episodes, so the first seven will mean nothing. <laughs> I'm kidding. I, you are. I love Stephen King. We all know that. But a little summary. Uh, Lisey's story is a thriller that follows a woman named Lisey two years after her husband's death. 
Lisey begins facing truths about her husband that she had repressed and forgotten. Is she still uh, handcuffed to the bed, or is this a different uh, one? No, I think that's a different one. <laughs> while it's rare for King to write adaptations of his own material, that's in an true. interview with Variety, King said Lisey's story is his favorite novel he's written and expressed <gasps> interest in adapting the book to television. It's his favorite novel? It's my favorite of the books, and I would love to see that done, especially now that there's a kind of openness on the streaming services and TV. Hmm. I thought his favorite one was The Dark Tower. I thought that was his magnum opus. Apparently not. Has he been lying to us this whole time? (laughs) What the fuck, Steve? Maybe it has tower connections. I don't know. It better, because I've been throwing him a lot of money my whole life, and if he's going to shit on my favorite thing, I'm going to have some problems. Yeah. We're going to talk about this. We'll get together, we'll drink some beers, we'll watch Hannah Gatsby's new stand-up special, and then we'll go see the Joker. Okay. I'm in. We're going to move into some video game news. Excellent. This one? Okay, I lied. This one probably will make you happy, I think. So this this will wipe away all the, the bad news that you've had so far today. Okay. You might have even seen this already. It's been passing around for a while. I don't think so. So Ubisoft likes to hide little Easter eggs in their games. Uh, the Division 2 came out a few weeks ago. Heard about that. Okay. And they found an Easter egg that seems to tease a Vikings Assassin's Creed coming next. Ooh. Man. So there's a... If you go into one of the areas in the game of Division 2, there you, uh, you see a statue that appears to be a Norse god or Viking with the word Valhalla written above. Excellent. Holding a staff and an odd orb. Upon closer inspection, the orb is actually an <clears throat> apple of Eden, which are the important items within Assassin's Creed universe that have right. appeared throughout the history and have been capable of projecting images, mind control, and more. I mean, that makes me super excited because yeah. like I, I say, you like both those things. I Assassin's, love Creed. Assassin's Creed, and I'm literally descended from Vikings. So, right. I mean, I'm definitely in. I've yet to play Odyssey. I okay. need to do that. I'm still waiting for it to like kind of drop in price. Same here, yeah. Just because. I haven't beat Origins yet. It was a good game, and I liked it. It was very, like, uh, well done and, like, uh, super cool looking and shit like that. And I've always loved the Assassin's Creed games. And then now you're, you're going to tell me that you're going to put, like, Vikings and Assassin's Creed together? I'm super excited. Although it makes me wonder why you have to stealthily kill people in a Viking world, because I'm pretty sure you're just allowed to just murder somebody. In, that, that's, that's how you go to Valhalla is die in battle, right. so... I guess all the stealth just gets thrown out the window, and this just turns into like a God of War. <laughs> I, I'd heard that that didn't go in that way. Like Odyssey is not much on the stealth killing, apparently. Oh really? Like, yeah. Okay. They kind of dropped a lot of it. It's, I haven't played Odyssey yet, so I don't know. I haven't I either. Know, I've um, just heard that. So I think Alex told me that they liked uh, Odyssey a lot. Okay. So and uh, they're they're also fairly into Assassin's Creed. Oh really? Okay, I didn't yeah. know that. How about you? Are you into Assassin's Creed at all? I definitely was in the beginning. Of, I haven't beaten one since. Brotherhood, I think. Brotherhood. Although I've played most of them, so I don't know. It seems to be the, the type of series that I just kind of get lost in now. Like I, I play for like four or five hours, and it's really cool, and then something else comes out, and then I forget about it, and then I should never come back to it. So. Did you play Syndicate? Uh, that was the one with the twins. Yeah. In, in like, England, like Victorian England. Yeah. That one was really well done. I like that one a lot. Mm-hmm. That was one of my favorite recent ones. Yeah, for sure. And then. Uh, I mean, still to this day, one of my favorite ones is Black Flag. I just really, really? like it. Even though it's like has nothing to do with any of the Assassin's Creed stories, it's mm-hmm. just kind of a fun one. See, I like that one, but I'm terrible at like, the ship 
combat. Yeah. So I never could get very far because there's missions like you have to beat this or you can't. Oh, go I, I I used to just cheat and board immediately. That oh, was really? How I do it. Yeah. Okay. Just like you just ram them and just get like fucking boarded because you never lose the combat in these Assassin's Creed games. Like so, yeah. once you board, you're just like fighting hand to hand. You're like fuck yeah, I'm in. What's up, okay. buddy? And then uh, let's see. I love probably my favorite ones are the Ezio yeah. trilogy. I mean Assassin's Creed two, uh, Assassin's Creed was it. Brotherhood and the Revelations, I want to say. Was that the that's Flip the trilogy? I think, yeah. Right. Brother yeah. was the third one, I thought. Maybe. Maybe not. Was it? No, I think you are right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Those ones are great. Mm-hmm. That I actually have the uh the H D remaster that it's like it's literally called the Ezio collection. Oh really? And it's it's Assassin's Creed two, Assassin's Creed Brotherhood, and Assassin's Creed Re- Revelations. All three in one? Yeah. Oh, okay. For the PS4. So mm. if you want to play it, let me know. I'll yeah. just uh, hand it off to you. Nice. Have you beat the uh, Nathan Drake shit yet? No, I'm getting close to Uncharted, though. I think I'm chapter <clears throat> seven. And it sounds like the first one's not that long, so. Are you playing the first one still? Yeah, yeah. What do you thought of it so far? It's pretty neat. I like it a lot. Uh, it basically is just like playing a movie, but mm-hmm. like you said, yeah. Going through. Um, none of the puzzles have been too hard yet, so that's really nice. I, I hate whenever you just like no, hit a brick there's wall. Really, there's really not that many of a hard puzzles and that they're all kind of like just sort of we know what you're here for you mm-hmm. want to be indiana jones yeah. and we got you buddy right so you're just you're still playing just the first yeah. uh uncharted drake's i guess drake's fortune fortune okay yeah. yeah and then uh they get better every game do they yeah okay. so i think you're gonna have a lot of fun with them i fucking love them man they're amazing you like sully so far the dead guy yeah yeah. He was cool. Uh-huh. He betrayed you. Yeah. Yeah. That was fun. Yeah. He's a good dude. Mm-hmm. Not really. He got shot. He's just like uh, whatever the fucking fat British guy's name was from Crystal Skulls. <laughs> <laughs> Triple agents. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no. I mean, Assassin's Creed Vikings, I'll totally freak the fuck out for that. Yeah. Uh, 100%. And they have announced there is no new game this year, so it'll be coming next year. Good. Whatever comes from Assassin's Creed. Take a Creed. break, make something better. Exactly, it's thank you. I was going to bring that up too. Like, they've, they've been better when they take more time with them. So. Did I tell you about one of the tattoos I wanted to get for a long time that I never got a chance to do? No. I, I read an article. I mean, this was like years ago. Probably, fuck, probably like eight or nine years ago at this point. I read an article about people doing tattoos with UV ink where they only show up under blacklight. Really? So I was going to put the assassin symbol... Uh, on my left pinky or on my left ring finger, which is the finger they used to have to cut off. So I wanted to do that. That way, it would only show up under blacklight. I thought that would be fun, hmm. but I just haven't got a chance to do it. I probably still really will. Painful. I think I'll still do it and just not tell Emma. And that way, like the ring finger will, will go over it. But we all know what my real love is. It's the order. It's the it's, it's the assassin's brotherhood. That's what I have to fight for. Yeah. Freedom above all else. I like it. <laughs> Speaking of fighting. Sort of video game related, so I threw it in here. <laughs> Speaking of fighting, let's fucking go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Stand up right now. That's a quote here from the Destructoid article. Some crazy millionaire looking to create a real-life battle royale. I'm in. I figured you would be. Yeah? Yeah. How much money is he offering for the win? Uh, 100,000 pounds. How much is that in real money? Mm, like $140,000. Do I get to kill him? No. Hmm. 
Is it just like brawling then? Like we're just having a giant brawl? No. So what uh, it says here is he's looking to recreate the thrill of 100-man battles on a private island. And the listing is looking to hire a game designer to help design the arena for the large-scale event. Okay. Um, as for the participants, everyone will enter a contest to be selected as potential players in the game. The tournament will take place over a three-day period with the last man standing winning the 100,000-pound jackpot. The game will be played in 12-hour chunks with airsoft rifles and touch-sensitive body armor. I'm out. I thought there was going to be, like, actual fucking violence and fighting here. Oh, no. I can't go to Valhalla if I get shot with an airsoft rifle. That's you not might. how it works. You might. If no. you get shot in the eye. No. No, no you don't. Because you have to die in battle against a worthy opponent. Not some 14-year-old. I mean, yeah, I guess. Oh, wait, what was that? You can't really kill people, so. Island charging $5 for health. Why not? Let's fucking do it. Let's go full on, like, um, what was that movie that uh, dude from 300 was in? Gerard Butler. Gamer. Oh, yeah. Remember that? Mm-hmm. Let's go full on gamer. Let's just put, like, a hundred of us on, a, on an island, drop some knives and shit down, and let's just see who wins. And then whoever wins, he gets $10 million. Oh. That's life-changing. Tell me people aren't going to watch that shit on YouTube or whatever the fuck we put it on. Yeah, you would. <laughs> I wouldn't be watching it. I'd be in it. Oh. I have to die in battle. It's the only way I can go to heaven. You'd be in for like six minutes. That's fine. As long as I died in battle, still go to Valhalla, buddy. Okay, so we're going to give you 100,000 pounds, which sounds heavy. It does. Um, to win a giant airsoft battle that goes over three days in 12-hour chunks. Mm-hmm. So you're not sleeping at all. So well, it's you really... are, yeah. Yeah. Because you go 12 hours no, I mean, on, 12 hours sleep, off. No, but I'm saying, like, you're not, like, in the game, though, at, at all times. I feel like right, you should yeah. be in the game the whole time. Oh, do you? That's what I think it should okay. be. Like, like, what's, what, you want to make a real battle royale, like, fight to the death. Hmm. Well, not death, but fight to the whoever touched my touch-sensitive fucking body armor you made me wear. Let's do that and make it just three days long, no time off. Last man standing wins. Because it's like, why are you worried about, like, making sure they're okay? You're already fucking limiting it where we can't shoot each other with real guns and shit, so... Fucking British. What do you expect? Yeah. Pussies. That's why they lost twice. <laughs> I'm out of that now. I was in, but now that it's not real weapons and like actual death, I'm not in. Oh, okay. Just want to point that out. You'll be in for the next one then, the, the secret one that they won't talk about. Yeah, no. Yeah, once like somebody's calling me up, like, yeah. I got a job. I'm like, done. What's up? Let me just talk with my podcast guy, let him know that I'm going to be off for about three days. And then, <laughs> yeah, no, I'm in. <laughs> What do you say? Is is that it then, buddy? You want to wrap it up? I think so, yeah. I think that's fair. All right, then. Well, uh, guys and dolls, we appreciate you all listening. I hope you uh, had as much fun as I did. Sorry about the weird off-track rambling that I had before we got into topics. And then uh, if my anger upset you, I apologize for that. But I mean, let's be honest. To us this far. It was well, somewhat justified. You're 30 episodes in. You know what you're going to get from It was action. still justified as well. Yeah, you were asking for it. <laughs> Shouldn't have been here dressed like that. What yeah. do you think was going to happen? <laughs> it's another one of those uh, jokes that I make that everyone who knows me knows that I'm kidding, but people who don't know the podcast don't. It was a joke. I'm not okay with rape. You know what? I'm going to go ahead. That out. I'm going to say this. The A to Z podcast is not okay with rape. Not at all. Hard stance. Yeah. Hard no on that. Hard no on the rape. <laughs> it's bold. It's a, you know what? It's a bold. It's a bold statement, but nobody else is saying it. So I'm gonna go out there. Yeah. I'm I'm gonna be the one to say it. Yeah. I'm the first one there. I think so. When's the rape, last podcast that you heard that on? Rape is not okay. Not at all. 
Not a fan. Hard no. <laughs> but now you're laughing like it's a joke, like you are okay with it. I'm laughing at how fucking ridiculous this is to even say that out loud. <sighs> anyway, guys, hope you had a lot of fun. We love you all. Make sure to follow the show on Twitter, at The A to Z Show. And if you like really nice, sweet, uh, beautiful men, you should follow at Big Guy ACV because he is a nice, sweet, beautiful man. Oh, I thought because I'll retweet them sometimes. I don't know. He he will also do that. Well, actually, I'm the one who's retweeting bodybuilders. I'm like, look at this guy's fucking body. This dude's jacked as fuck. Uh, if you like alcoholism, uh, depression, mm-hmm. and hockey, and passing out before the end of the game, and passing out before the end of the game. That is true. Called you, you should- out. That is true. It's, it's what I did. I apologized. I drank very heavily for like four days in a row, and I have a seizure disorder, so sorry, guys. But yeah, if you like alcoholism and depression and hockey and excuses and, and Batman, you should follow me on mm. Twitter. How do you do that? At Melch Knows Best. Please send in any kind of questions, comments, topics, uh, burns, anything like fun like that. Mm. Put it on the podcast, I promise. If you have something that's too big for Twitter... Or won't fit in a tweet or something like that. You can also get a hold of us on uh, the internet mails. Ooh. Or as some of the kids are calling it, email. I don't think it's going to catch on, though. A2ZShow.ask at gmail.com. Yeah, anything you can't fit on a Twitter, send to that. As always, we love you guys. I hope you have a great week. And uh, Hannah Gatsby's the funniest person ever, apparently. So go home with that. And uh, let's go blues.